0: You're listening to The Retail Perch with Sheikha Rahman and Gary Hawkins.
1: We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more.
0: Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. And uh, we, Gary, we, unbeknownst to us, past a landmark i don't know if you're aware but we went past our 100th episode
1: well, i was going to say we hit 100 right or not past- we hit
0: 100 but wow. we cheated because whoever named the episode numbers missed 97 we went from 96 to 98 and so <laughs> on our listing it says we we did our 100th episode but technically if somebody was actually counting the episodes we didn't so the 101st is actually the 100th which means len our guest is the lucky guy he gets to be on the hundredth episode of the retail <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you can go out and buy a lottery ticket today Link. there you go and you know isn't it appropriate that we're doing
0: our hundredth episode right around christmas kind of like that's like a little christmas gift uh to ourselves um but um, anyway it's been great gary gary how you been otherwise
1: i've been good thank you traveling okay, so it's good to be back home yeah, yeah, terrific.
0: Anyway, so we're all looking forward to this holiday week, and we have a gift for you today. So we have a gift because I think this is this is a topic we absolutely love. We love talking about loyalty, its impact on business, and how you can incentivize shoppers and the mountain of data that it gives you and the things you can do with that data, right? And uh, keep that uh, rewarding shop uh, shopping experience going. So Len here uh, is from Engage People. That's the name of your company, right, Len? Uh, sure. Len Covello, and um, he's done some really cool stuff with loyalty and paying with points. So we're here today as a he's here today as a guest. So Len, if you can take some time, tell us about your background. Um, you know what did you do growing up? You know, you it looks like you've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and uh, even though you're really young. Uh, but you seem to clearly have a lot of experience uh, in this space, so I'd love to learn about your background and how you wound up with engaged people. So here you go,
2: Len Covello. Sure. Well, I, I appreciate the young comment. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I my body agrees with that anymore, but, but I'll <laughs> take it. Um, I, I think I fell into this space probably not different to anyone else that got into loyalty. I don't think anyone you know grows up or starts uh, in school thinking they want to get into the loyalty space it's something you find out about except for I... Gary Hawkins <laughs> okay there you go Gary you're the, you're the guy
0: <laughs> because he grew into a family that owned a supermarket so
2: there there you go so yeah. but until you interact with with someone or, or a business that touches loyalty you know you you kind of know about it but don't understand how complex it is how rewarding the industry is and and that was the case with me I I started really young in technology um I'm one of those kids that opted not to continue my post-secondary and start a company uh parents weren't too happy at the time but you know just started building websites early on with a friend and uh, we just started building professional service websites so uh, oddly enough it was in uh the quick service uh, food chain originally. So we were building applications for them to manage their promotions and to manage you know, store locators, very primitive stuff. But back in the day, we thought we were pretty advanced. And then as the company started to grow, we met a, an organization that was in the, the loyalty and then employee recognition and incentive space and very much a legacy type business. So warehouse catalogs. And at that time, they were just introducing order fulfillment services and the internet was, was the big thing. Um, So they had hired us to work on a project and, and, you know, we were in once we saw the industry and we saw the opportunity for innovation at the time, um, we started building solutions again with this partner. And, you know, that was some 15 plus years ago where we started that. And then that's the pre-engage day. So um, once that solution took off and he started to see the value uh, it made sense to come together. So that individual and myself Uh, Along with another partner, our CEO Jonathan Silver, uh, today uh, ended up merging the companies. So we acquired that legacy business, rolled it into the technology company we had, and and Engage People was born from there.
0: Nice, Mm -hmm. nice, terrific. So, was this were you more selling like general merchandise, or was this in a specific retail vertical, or?
2: So he was uh, basically a distributor for a lot of brands, but specifically to the loyalty space. So. You know, the old days where you'd have a credit card program and you'd earn points and and the way you'd understand the number of points you had is you'd call a 1-800 number or you'd get a monthly statement. I um, mean, right. you'd get that re- really big catalog with, you know, the aspirational awards, all the things yeah, that not right. many people had enough points for, but they saw that trip to the Bahamas or the, some really cool go-kart or, or motorcycle that, that was kind of that, that target item. And then you had your TVs and your toasters. I think the good old toasters right. we still use.
1: Right. Yeah right. so so then you along that journey morph to sort of the pay with points
2: type model yeah it, it is another interesting story and and this goes to the entrepreneurial nature we have here at engage so when we started building uh, redemption solutions so the advent of e-commerce and bringing the opportunity to redeem online it just made sense at some point that you know, this was this is a stable currency. We've seen currencies come and go. There's still some out there today that fluctuate, but this is a back stable currency. And the number of points, you know, the number is 200 billion points is issued annually in North America. It's 200 billion dollars worth of points, and it just seemed obvious that at some point you'd want yeah. to check out what
0: 200 those billion dollars worth of points.
2: Yeah, 200 billion dollars, and 100 billion goes unredeemed. So, so as we speak to retailers and whatnot, that's 100 billion dollars wow. worth of points yeah. annually. That goes does under does that
1: include? So is that across uh, retail? Does that include like travel
2: airlines issuing? It does. It's across all 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 loyalty industries. So that's a okay. that's a number we get from uh, the loyalty association. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, so so these points were there and ready to be used, and it was a a chicken and egg scenario. So uh, these are back in the days, and you guys will know this, where you know companies were guarding their their checkout process. Um, they didn't want anything to impede you didn't want to increase abandonment but we were sitting there saying we've got access to these points and you know there there was this point in time in loyalty where customers stopped redeeming for items because you could see the value of an item in e-commerce and everybody went to gift cards so gift cards became a huge redemption item you no know, save and accept uh your travel or what we call core rewards if you're in a grocery store and you get a discount or if you, you book a flight or a hotel and everyone was redeeming gift cards and we thought you know what a missed opportunity because whoever's running the loyalty program and issuing you those points, once you go to redeem, if it's not tied specifically to that brand, that, that gift card gets shipped to you. Uh, You put it in a drawer somewhere in your wallet. And when you redeem for it, you've lost that affinity to the brand, which is the true loyalty. You no longer remember that, you know, I shopped at target and I got X points or I flew on Delta and I got X points and I redeemed for this. It was, I got a gift card and then I walked into a Best Buy or a, walgreens or something and i redeemed those points and and it was really you know there was a disintermediary between the the loyalty action and the reward action so we thought we've got to bring that back together and it was the most difficult thing in the world every marketer loved the idea every retailer we called so back in the days of sears and toys r us we were speaking to all of them and they saw the value hang on on. on.
0: you said what sears and what
2: sears toys Toys r us So some oh, of these gosh. brands that don't exist today, but I know, so you know,
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. Sears and Toys R Us are no longer there, right? So, yeah,
2: but the Walmarts of the world, the Amazons of the world, and they all saw the value, but you couldn't get into that checkout flow. So, um, we ended up coming up with an elegant hack. So, when you mean and the and checkout
0: I, flow, do you just mean the online checkout flow,
2: or we want you to start with online? We, okay. we thought that while there are some solutions that do in-store it was a little more difficult because the POS terminals are very, you know, at that time there was legacy technology on there, very hard to distribute something across all the stores. As you guys would know, even even in a, a chain uh, that's run corporately, there may be different POS terminals in different locations or different pieces of software. So we thought e-commerce was, was the easy way in? And the only way we could do this is we worked with a company that issued So, company called marquetta uh, out of the valley that issued uh single use credit cards and what we did is we installed a browser extension with a partner brand so we had a consumer put the browser extension on and when you were shopping on sites like amazon and apple we could read the cart value generate a tokenized card and pay for that transaction in real time Hmm. and that was the inception to access plus which is our pay with points technology that's really how it started and it went gangbusters. The volume was incredible. Now, again, we call this an elegant hack because it wasn't the ideal solution. But when we deployed that, uh, we got everyone's attention. So some of the major hotel brands and airline brands, we got their attention. Um, one of the largest retailers in the world, we got their attention. And since then, a number of those have become partners with us. So uh, it just goes to show sometimes yeah, you need that, that hack in the middle to get to your end solution to get everyone's attention.
0: Mm. Interesting. So so the way this hack worked is that you added a browser extension and generated a tokenized card number for checkout Correct. so they could convert their points on the fly to some payment tender mechanism on that site, right?
2: Yeah. And, and the ease of this was the fact that these sites were already accepting the, the traditional cards, whether it was a Visa or MasterCard. Right. So right. We, we thought that that was the easiest way. Of-
0: Hmm. Very cool. Okay, so that okay, that's now I get it. Now I see why you're calling it paying in points, because you, okay. So how, what about the 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 connection that you were trying to draw with the earning the loyalty and the reward? How did how does that fit in here?
2: So when we started this, you had to initiate this process from the loyalty program. So we're going to use some brands here. Um, you're a Marriott Bonvoy member, and when you wanted to use your points, your options now are book a hotel room. Um, you know, a three-night stay, a vacation, maybe redeem for a gift card, maybe redeem for some, some uh, Marriott products. Or yeah. you can go shopping at Best Buy. You can go shopping at Amazon. And when you click that button over, that was the connection. It was no longer redeeming for the Best Buy gift card and going shopping three weeks later. Um, with the browser extension, we we had branding directly on the site. So we occupied a little bit of real estate. And that connection was there for the user. They could see that my points from, points from Bonvoy let me redeem for the PS5, the television, whatever it was.
0: Got it. So you're reducing the degrees of separation between, you know, the points balance and the redemption.
2: Absolutely.
0: Got it. Got it. Terrific. That's, that's, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. So, so you've got to sign on businesses or partners on both sides of the equation, right? Merchants that would accept points for payment and then the
2: point issuers, whoever that may be absolutely so so with that solution we've moved beyond that now so that that was kind of our way in and now we're directly tied into the checkout with retailers and directly tied into the points bank so we don't need to generate that card Mm -hmm. um but your your point is bang on what we like to think of ourselves as the horizontal line of the h we're essentially building a network um for the use of loyalty points currency so you know back to that chicken and egg scenario this allowed us to get to critical mass on both sides with some major retailers uh, some major brands and also some major loyalty programs with huge points banks and now we're we're using those relationships and leveraging those relationships to add additional brands on both sides
0: mm. got it got it so this is kind of like you know if i have uh like you said a bonvoy card or a American Express card and i have some rewards points you're now if I go to Amazon, right, and I'm trying to sign on and at that point if that credit card has a points program associated with it, it'll sometimes allow me to redeem my points into the transaction, yeah. you know, yeah. so directly exactly. as a rewards. Is so is that is that kind of similar to what you were talking yeah.
2: about? Yeah. You, you hit the nail on that. That's exactly us. That's what we do. So so we are the okay. connection in the background that uh, brings the points value in real time over. Uh, both the total amount of points and what that dollar value is and allows the consumer to redeem.
1: Hmm. Well, uh,
2: how many different retailers are you uh, connected into? So right now we stretch across um, some online retailers, um, still a relatively small number, but across uh, major breadth. So you mentioned one of the large brands. Uh, we we kind, of, kind of keep this uh, very close to the chest as far as who our partners right. are, but uh, major e-commerce um, gas and grocers are some options as well. So we've moved this to in-store at POS as well. Um, some other payment gateways that allow you to leverage your spend on, on different checkouts. So um, I, I know I'm being a little vague, but but essentially it's, it's continuing to grow and we've got significant coverage, especially across right. North America. it's hmm. wow.
1: Cool.
0: Do you, do you see any of this applying to uh, like grocery? I mean, like, do you think supermarkets can take advantage of a program like this?
2: Absolutely. hundred percent. We did a, we just finished a survey and, and we'll be issuing that out with a company called the wise marketer that's in the loyalty space. And yeah. one of the top three redemption options was grocery. So we saw a lot of this when the pandemic hit is that shift of using points for aspirational items into everyday items and grocery is definitely one of those. So if you think of know grocery if you think of gas and if you think of your everyday items those are still top places where people like to redeem and back to that connection now you can attribute that redemption or that purchase to the brand so you're you're kind of helping customers through difficult times as well so so it's definitely a a category where there's a lot of appetite for redemption Mm.
0: and what about what about so a lot of you know grocers have loyalty programs where shoppers can accumulate points, but these typically are points that they can only use within the ecosystem that the grocer has, the supermarket has, right? You can't really redeem those. Would if a supermarket wants to partner with you, would they be able to enable their shoppers to use their points at other merchants?
2: It's exactly that. And and with loyalty, there, there was this, notion of coalition programs back in the day they've since yeah i would i would argue failed uh different different failures in different uh demographics yeah, or regions yeah. i think tangerine um sorry the nectar program in the uk kind of got absorbed there uh we had air miles and aeroplan up here but but those kind of changed as well we're seeing the most of
0: both those companies by the way
2: there you go so yeah. so good idea but that was always tied to a parent brand that really right. didn't have anything Um, else to offer. We're seeing a lot more partnerships happen these days. So we're seeing companies that are confident in what they do. Um, In our world, it's not an all or nothing. So you pick who you want to allow your points to be redeemed at. So again, you know, for a grocery store, there's a lot of different places where their customers are interacting with day-to-day. That makes sense. So if I want to be part of that uh, consumer journey in their everyday life, you know, as a grocery store, I'm, I'm going to know specifically that my target demographic Will fly certain airlines, or will stay at certain hotels, or or maybe um, specifically choose to to purchase things at a home improvement shop. Um, so there's a lot of different areas where those relationships are starting to build, and, and we think again, a lot of companies are confident in creating those partnerships as opposed to a very closed ecosystem in the past.
0: So Gary, we've talked about this, you know, and I think we've had conversations with many, uh, uh, of people, many people in the industry where, you know, maybe a supermarket is considered kind of like a local hub, a community hub of sorts. It's, it's kind yeah. of like the most uh, uh, widely accepted loyalty program within a township, if you can think about it, right? And about creating a little nexus of, you know, the pizza shop and the coffee shop and, you know, my local salon and, you know, gym and, you know, them all accepting kind of like the same currency. And, and that's, a, that's a good way of looking at it, Len. is you're talking about this being some kind of stable currency right and uh, and to be able to create a little network effect where you can use this currency in your town is i think that's a pretty cool concept i mean obviously putting it together so from from the back end you're clearly a, a tech guy and i'm trying to now my gears are spinning in my head And so it implies, you know, there's going to be a lot of communication that you got to build up with point of sale companies, you know, some kind of central exchange where this uh, communications this exchange is happening. These transactions are occurring, needs to be audited, tracked, you know, there's all kinds of things that have to happen. Right.
2: Yeah. And and fast. That's one of the things uh, coming from an industry where, where things weren't as necessarily real time as they needed to be. Loyalty wasn't uh, that type of industry. Um, We're talking extremely fast uh, times, um, you know over private networks going across uh, different demographics so that's been a, a big thing uh, investment on our side of ensuring the infrastructure is in place to support these transactions
1: yeah because you're uh, really as far as the the retail is concerned you're your payment and you know you're absolutely right speed and efficiency is uh of paramount importance right you don't want people standing there in line waiting for yeah, the yeah. computer to yeah. Use. Yeah.
0: It's, it almost feels like you need to have like a separate payment game, gateway like the visas and the first datas you know of the world have uh, a payment gateway connected to the retailer when you swipe your Visa card. Seems like, and do they sit on the same rails? Uh, so diff- essentially it's tender, right? It,
2: it is a tender. So we're, we're a different network essentially. So the, the gateway yeah. itself will connect to Visa, will connect to MasterCard or, or they'll connect to us depending on what a customer swipes. So the credit card is the, the tool for us, that's the unique identifier. Um, it's the easiest thing. So we are looking at programs where there's an additional identifier. It's gonna be easier to do online because you can do things like SSO and, and create that connection. Uh, but when it comes to retail, the credit card is where we create the connection. So on swipe, um, the, the Merchant Gateway will know whether that, that bin range is part of a program we support and will hit an API call to us and we'll be able to return back uh, immediately whether that card is enrolled uh, whether it's eligible and the points balance that's available uh, and that currency. And, and, you know, like you guys said, when you make that redemption, that's a promise of the funds being deposited to that consumer or to the, to retailers account. So uh, we're handling all aspects of that and the the logging and the accounting in the background as well. So uh, we somehow became, I won't say payment experts because we're definitely not there, but, but we're learning a lot about payments along the way as well. Yeah. Wow.
1: So, so does the consumer, then have to create an account with you or
2: are they sort of a passive user? So they're passive, it's actually a surprise and delight. They're, they're gonna be opting in from a T's and C's perspective. So their program rules, somewhere in there will say that you're allowing us to create that connection. Um, yeah. And again, the easiest programs on day one are the FI programs or the co-brand program. So if I've got a co-brand card at my grocery store or with a specific loyalty program, that's the easiest way for us to create the connection. Of yeah. And then depending on where that interaction is happening. So online, we've got a little bit more flexibility. We're not tied to a time limit. So what you'll see online, um, we talked about Amazon is, you know, do I want to use all of my points? Do I want to use a portion of my points? Yeah. Um, for that consumer to make that choice. What we do uh, in stores, it's typically an offer. So we're looking at the basket size and understanding the points balance of the consumer and the data we have. So, you know, small ticket item, you're going to, to buy a coffee. Would you like your coffee free by using your rewards? You know, you're buying less than $20 of groceries. Would you like to pay for these groceries with your rewards? When you start to get to a basket size, you know, $75, a couple hundred dollars, we're typically providing offers saying, you know, use 10,000 points to get $20 off. Uh, your got groceries it. today, things of that nature. So it really, much has to be a yes/no decision decision at POS uh, in order yeah. for to get good uptick. Yeah, hmm.
0: got it, got it. Very cool. So this is something like what Starbucks is doing with their program, right? Where you you can rack up the points, use it for free products, but at the same time, they're essentially holding the wallet because you got to recharge. You can't, you know, if you're paying with the app, you it's you know you have to pay with their uh, right. wallet. You can't, and now they have a partnership with PayPal, so you can you can choose to pay with PayPal. But otherwise, you know the only options I believe, Gary, are you pay with uh, the wallet that you recharged,
1: yes. or with points. Right? Yeah, uh, and so I think the other analogy or or example is Amazon. You know, for example, I can choose to pay with my American Express points, right, or some portion yes. of. It.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've seen this as a- at airports, and I think you know if I go to Newark Airport, United, I can pay with miles for my food. You uh, know, at the at all the kiosks and the restaurants, uh, it'll ask me if I want to pay with miles or if I want to pay with with cash.
2: Right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's grown exponentially the opportunity to pay with points. Um, And I can see, I can can, see the
0: connection with you now feel that these points are kind of like currency before you had limited options in terms of how you could redeem these points. You could only use it back at that merchant uh, where you earned the points. So so do do you feel that it, uh, that merchants are kind of guarded about it because they really want to issue the points for people to use it back in their business?
2: You would think that, and that's, it's a great segue because that was one of the things I was going to mention is there was this misnomer that you know, the sponsors of these programs didn't want you to use these points or they were hoping they would expire. And all the right. data suggests that when you're redeeming your points, you're more engaged with the program, uh, regardless of the program that's issuing those points. So, you know, th- there's some, some flags we look for. If someone, you know, doesn't interact a lot, but depletes their points to zero, that might be someone who's a flight risk. But typically um, when you have an engaged consumer, they're redeeming and they typically don't bring their, their points balance to zero. So we talked about these transactions where you can use, you know, split currency. So you know, maybe I'm putting a portion on my credit card. We see a lot of that, even though a consumer has enough points to pay for the full well, transaction. I can vouch for it
0: because my wife keeps asking me if I'm going to make the status on United again this year, <laughs> right? She's like, okay, where are you going next? You haven't made your status. Let's, let's do it, right? So yeah, I, I absolutely. So and I think it, it's really powerful. I mean, I've always felt that there's a... Uh, as a place, but I wasn't sure how receptive merchants were about their points being used for places other than their
2: business. No, it, it's a liability on the books, that's the other thing. So from a exactly. CFO perspective, they they want to see these points used. Um, or expire, right? One of the two. Right? Yeah. yeah, one of the two. But and I think different states is- have
0: different regulations about whether you can expire points or not. And I, I, know in, I know in California, if you buy a gift card, it never expires. It, it, you can use it at any point in time, right? You can't Correct. really expire a gift card because um, it's been paid for and it's a product that you own, which, like you said, is sitting on the
2: books then. Correct. So they, they want to see usage of that. And, you know, as far as where you're redeeming those points, you know, they're seeing, you know, 30 to 35% uh, lift in, in average transaction size when someone uses points, four mm. to five additional transactions per year from a member who's using their points. So again, you know, back in the days, I think people think of this as free money, um, so they're willing to use that more, and that's why you see that basket size rise. So mm-hmm. this really is a win-win for everybody. We're, you know, as we have more more people on the programs and we add more and more partners, um, you know, there's just positive uh, responses all around the board. So, Len, are you active
1: in uh, Canada and the U.S., uh, other, other markets?
2: We are. So... Today, we support programs across North America. Um, we've got clients in Europe and the APAC region as well. Um, okay. So rollout is, is uh, not quite there yet in some of those markets, but North America, I think, is definitely pretty far advanced as it relates to pay with points. Yeah.
0: Nice. Great. So have you seen like brands you know, kind of entertain this concept, like consumer brands? Like I'm not talking about like retail um. Uh, merchants, right? And not places of business, but let's say like a, you know, a PNG or Unilever.
2: So we're talking to all sorts of companies. So we're pretty active in the space. Our partnership team is reaching out to everyone. Um, Don't have good data yet on how those brands would necessarily entertain opportunities like this. I know some of them have their own uh, retail storefronts specific, uh, specifically run there or, um, maybe wanting to issue points. So right now, it's been very much on the retail brands themselves, um, or the brands that have their own shops. So you know, you mentioned companies like Starbucks or or the Nikes of the world, companies like that that have their own uh, retail, uh, both footprint and online uh, commerce. Right, Ooh. right. Is there any? Um,
0: uh, so if I'm a merchant and I have an e-commerce company, what does it take for me to accept? Points. Is there any uh fee that I have to pay to accept points? I mean, is there from so if I if I run uh you know website my coolstore.com and I say, Hey, you can redeem your Capital One points and your Amex points here. Uh, yeah. do I get even exchange on a dollar to dollar basis? from a
2: so it's not exactly even, um, but we are less expensive or the industry in general is less expensive than accepting a credit card. So Um, That's that's an easy way to look at it. It's a more favorable transaction than accepting the the typical credit card uh, transaction fees. Got it, got it. Mm. That's very cool.
0: No, it's fascinating. I I think it opens up so many possibilities, right? I think one of the things I'm thinking about is, so how about foreign currency? Like, can I use my points that I earn on my Visa card if I go to, uh, you know, Italy, right? And to be able to pay with points, I mean, makes it super easy then to now transfer this currency capability without having to carry the actual money. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. what they're trying to do with deregulated, you know, DeFi, right?
2: DeFi, so. yeah, it, absolutely. So if we think about it, points are always the the root value of this currency, and then they're always tied to a fiat currency. So every program will have a typical FX that, that they're tied to. So the program will issue in points but it'll be tied to a value in US dollars as an example. Um and then we use currency exchange through the markets today to allow a consumer to use those points. So there are some programs that cross borders and you're, you know, we use simple math, 1000 points maybe a $1000 in the US, but that might right. be worth $1300 in Canada. Right. We're, we're always more favorable. No, that's really that. super in interesting because you
0: know, you could then build up a network around, you know, points as being an alternate currency if you have the right set of alliances right uh, of merchants collaborating yeah um, absolutely. yeah yeah cool. I think it's quite fascinating uh, to be able to do that so so where do you see this going I mean obviously you guys are excited and you're growing and you're you know you're seeing a lot of interest in the industry
2: so I, I think this will be a currency that just consumers expect to be able to use everywhere it'll it'll be something that again, You know, you get on a United flight and and when you're at the airport, uh, if you don't have your status, if you haven't quite got there yet and can't get into the lounge and you're overpaying for a a bottle of water, um, you're going to use your points from the United Mileage Plus program in order to redeem for that item. Um, And then we talk cross-border when you get off the plane, you know, maybe you're paying for your Uber, your Lyft ride to get to the hotel using the points that you earned as well. So we really see this being a, a part of a consumer's everyday life. And as the partnerships continue to grow, that'll stretch across multiple brands. So ag- again, it's a currency. It's probably no different than what people thought of the, the credit card networks back in the day. Um, right. It's a currency. And again, I'll, I'll hammer on this. It's a stable currency. It's fully backed by large organizations. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, we've seen crypto, we've seen, um, you know, even the buy now, pay later world, uh, you know, hit consumers buy storm and, and they definitely have their place. Um, uh, not in our industry, but this is, you know, if uh, Chase issues you a dollar worth of points, you, you can be guaranteed that that dollar's back. So,
1: so as a consumer, you know, if I'm earning points across half a dozen different, you know, merchants, airline, bank, whatever, uh, and the companies that that you work with, as a consumer, where is there somewhere I can go to see my aggregated balance or what
2: I have? So aggregation is still something that I don't believe anyone is comfortable with as of yet. So, you know, as a consumer, if you're earning even across multiple brands in a similar industry, if I'm flying Delta, United and Air Canada, um, neither one of those three companies wants to see me combine my points to ultimately check out at Amazon. Um, There's some ways that people are looking at that, but again, those sponsor programs really want you to create that connection. So I, I want to make sure that those points that were issued to me from Sainsbury is what I used ultimately to redeem at the airport at Heathrow. Okay okay
1: hmm.
0: No, this is fascinating and and so this has kind of obviously evolved over time, right Lynn I mean is this how you imagined it when you got started? I mean what was the what was that journey like?
2: Not at all. So so at core, we've been a loyalty company uh, from the beginning, or or we say we're a technology company and, and loyalty is our discipline. So we've been building solutions and, and we have other solutions in the loyalty space. So, you know, our tools continue to run loyalty programs in, in the background. So we're a white label, uh, but some of the major loyalty programs around the world are are leveraging our technology uh, on member management, on personalization, on the user experience. Um, and then the campaigns to issue points. So we're we're doing uh, that work in the background as well, but uh, this is definitely one of the more exciting things that we have out there in the marketplace.
0: That's awesome. That's super exciting. So so do you see, are there any grocers out there who are now allowing people to accumulate points and use them across other places?
1: Or yeah. one the other way, the supermarket or grocery retailers where I can pay with points,
0: right?
2: So, so I think the easiest uh, analogy we can use here in Canada because we're we're a very large country as far as geographical footprint, but very right. small when it comes to number of companies. So, um, there's one chain uh, that's ultimately governed by PC Financial, so that so the PC program and they own. Uh, Loblaws from a grocery store chain, yeah. which is which is a major grocer yeah. here, uh, Shoppers Drug Mart, which is the largest pharmacy uh, pharmacy company here. They own what Canadian Tire, uh, which is a major retailer here in Canada, and a couple other brands. And they've allowed their points to move across the different brands, and uh, it's definitely been a journey for them. So it gives you a sense of the complexity here, but because it's one ecosystem for them, it's a lot easier. Right. Um, so that's definitely an organization that's done it, and I think a lot of people can learn from that, even if they're not owned by the same parent brand. It's a great example of complementary uh, retailers working together to create that ecosystem.
0: Yeah. No, I think this is this is fascinating. I, I mean, we've uh, had conversations on the show with different types of people, some in the payment space. And most recently we spoke to uh, a company called Snip, which is also based out out of Toronto, I believe, right? Uh, And you probably know them. My guess is you know somebody at Snip, Tom Burgess, I think was on our, uh, was a guest on our show. And they were talking about how to connect, uh, you know, retail media networks and payment services like card services. And, but you know, in effect, kind of quasi loyalty of some sort where there you're trying to drive loyalty towards a certain card and using the same card to understand the shopper's behavior better and then driving more relevant offers. There's just so many you know, amazing opportunities of how I think retailers can potentially drive that uh, loyalty with customers, yeah. right? And then I think what I really like about this, Gary, is that it's not tied to discounting. Right. You're, it's what? kind of like you're earning it. Uh, and in some sense, there's greater brand recognition. The more you shop at the retailer, the more points you earn. The more you use them, the more you remember the retailer, the more you, and it's yeah. kind of like the cycle that it just builds up. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And Len's nodding for those who can't see his face, but you know, he's <laughs> like, yes, that's it. No, exactly.
2: no. It's, <laughs> it's exactly right. And, and, you know, you had another great point as that, you know, that computer in our hand, as that device, which is already in everyone's hand. It's going to enable more and more and, and as we have the mobile wallets and as you, you create this intersection between the payments companies the retailers and, and these loyalty schemes together um, we're just going to continue to to build on this ecosystem and then you know other industries collecting that data personalized offers starting to get out in front of consumers you know there's a lot of talk about the personalization what you can do with ai so there's just so much opportunity ahead of us to continue to evolve with this. And, and we feel we're, we're a part of this greater loyalty ecosystem that really is every interaction a consumer has with the brand.
0: We don't know much about personalization and AI, Gary, do we? <laughs> no. <but laughs> yeah, no, I think this is so fascinating. Like, I mean, what obviously what you guys have built, you know, there's it, always this chicken and egg problem, right? When you come up with a program like this, how do you get enough people to participate so there's value for consumers and how do you have enough consumers participating so there's value for the brands and and I think uh, that cracking that code is is a, is a huge thing and the fact that you guys have done it you know really kudos to you guys so
2: well, thank you appreciate it and and, but, and hit the nail on the head that that that's key there's some incredible ideas out there that unfortunately don't get to market this is one uh, that we're fortunate to have a, a great idea a great team behind us here at Engage so we got some incredible people and we're fortunate enough to work with some incredible global brands
0: so if we have somebody on this, um, one of our listeners listening on the show and like, this sounds really cool. I want to talk to Lennon. How do they reach you, reach your company? What's the?
2: So we're online things? at engagepeople.com is the quickest way or get onto our social media accounts. Uh, we're on x.com, we're on LinkedIn and, and we're continuously posting uh, about this topic and other topics. So um, love to have you part of the conversation and, and we'll definitely connect.
0: No, this has been a great conversation. Gary, anything else?
2: Yeah, no, this is great. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Again,
0: you know, folks, this is uh, Len from Engaged People doing some really cool things, pay with points, and they've obviously built some sophisticated technology. So, Len, thanks for being on the show. And if you email us your mailing address, we'll make sure you get a coffee mug.
2: So. absolutely excited that, to be that's, 100th, that's uh, our loyalty program
0: there you go that's our loyalty program right. the more coffee you drink the more you remember us
2: that's right and, and i'm your hundredth guest maybe there you we'll, go we'll see. look <laughs> at that
0: you know a hundred hundred and first guest was actually our hundredth guest. so whoever did the numbering somehow figured that 97 was not a number that you need to put on an episode and they went from 96 to 98 but gary hats off to you i mean we stuck it out for a hundred episodes yeah, we started no, this we started this July of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, because you know both of us like, what do we do with our time? Here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> like we'll come up with come up with the uh, uh, a retail approach episode, and um, yeah, we've had some amazing guests on the show, and maybe Gary, we should at some point do like a
1: highlights. Wait, show. I was just gonna say that we should do the best of. Yeah, we should
0: kind of like do a best of, and you know. I don't want to do a ranking because I don't want to make any of our guests feel bad because we want them all to come back. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, our last guest is always the best one. So, so it's that. terrific to have you here. Yeah. So uh, thanks for the conversation and you'll hear from us soon.
2: Perfect. Thanks again, guys. All right. Thank you.
0: All, all right, folks. For, for those who are listening, we're not going to release this on Christmas Day so you can enjoy time with your family, but uh, hopefully it'll come out soon after that. But thank you for supporting the show. Again, I want to thank the people who put this together. Uh, we have an amazing set of people who actually do all the editing and posting it on social media, putting it on our platform. So appreciate that. And Gary, as always, you're an amazing co-host. Thank you so much. And uh, no, happy holidays, no, uh, Len.
2: Thank you. Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, all right. Thank Bye. you.
0: Bye, guys. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook.
1: And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com.
0: Until next time, this is Shaker.
1: And this is Gary, signing off.